2: Thank you for downloading or streaming this episode of Band Biographies. You can find more episodes at bandbiographies.com. That's B-A-N-N-E-D biographies.com. If you enjoy it, why not leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to listen to your podcasts? Apparently, it helps get the show up the charts so more people can see it, to download it, and then to leave further five-star reviews. Another way you can help is by telling as many friends as possible to give it a download. Please do reach out on Twitter at Bandbiogs, on Instagram at Band Biographies, search on Facebook for band biographies, or by emailing bandbiographies at gmail.com. But most of all, enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the Band Biographies Podcast, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network of music based podcasts, where there's a podcast for whatever kind of music you're into. Check them all out at Pantheon.com. On this episode, I chat to Brompton Jackson, guitarist with Chicago bands Met, Knockout Kid and Action Adventure. Specifically, we focus on Met for this episode, as he's the newest member of that particular group, and they're releasing their long-awaited debut full-length album called Hyper Focused on the 4th of August 2023 via Mutant League Records. The new album was produced by Seth Henderson of the band State Champs and Knucklepuck and is the follow-up to Wilmette's 2019 debut EP, Anxious Body. In this conversation, we talk about the making of the album, how he handled joining a band during the pandemic and how someone in as many touring bands as Brompton is manages it all. You can follow Wilmette on all the social platforms at Wilmette Band and you can listen to or watch them wherever you get your music. The album's out now, so make sure you check it out. But without further ado, here's my chat with Brompton Jackson. Brompton Jackson, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for, thanks Hello. for being here, man. First off, I just wanted to say, like, that's a name and a half. Brompton Jackson. I mean, where <laughs> it sounds like a superhero or something.
0: I, mean, I don't know about superhero, but uh, it's definitely not uh, normal, I guess.
2: <laughs> Where does it come from? Do you know?
0: Uh, so Brompton is my grandpa's middle name. Uh, I know that it's British in origin, uh, but that's, that's, that's pretty much it.
2: <laughs> yeah, because I think, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out Brompton. I think there's, it's a place here as far as I know. Um
0: yeah, all... there's a there's a place there. Uh, there's a place in Canada. There's a street here in Chicago, but
2: it's a make of fold up bike.
0: <laughs> that yeah, that is also that is also true. Um, those are actually pretty cool. Those are pretty cool.
2: Yeah, they help you get around. Although it's not quite as cool as electric scooters, apparently. If you uh, if you talk to any of the kids around here.
0: <laughs> I mean that's that's fair. <laughs> it's it's it it does seem like it's a little bit more than uh than just kind of hopping on a scooter and going, so
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> and I mean, they're like when you fold them up, they're like this
2: they're still thing. pretty chunky, yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, I yeah, I feel like maybe you know ten fifteen years ago it was a better option, but now so, you know the scooter's probably the way to go yeah
2: <laughs> and um before we get into kind of wilmette and the album hyper focused and that kind of thing i just like to always ask my uh my guests a few kind of getting to know you questions because it's the first time we've spoken for sure so uh yeah some of the ones that i just like to always kind of undercut any kind of street cred any kind of punk credibilities or whatever is um what's the first album or single that you bought with your own money
0: oh okay uh it was actually in, in I was in sixth grade. It was Newfound Glory's self titled CD. It was okay. the first uh that was the first thing that I ever bought. That was actually the first piece of music that I ever bought. Wow. With my own money. Yeah, that that's, was that was wild.
2: That's not that's not bad. I still like Newfound Glory now. They were one of the uh the one of the gateway bands for me into pop punk.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're uh i mean they're still doing it which is crazy Mm. uh they're awesome they're a great band they're also awesome people so that's that's really cool as well Mm
2: -hmm. have you met them then
0: yes yeah yeah uh my other band uh we played like six shows with them last year so they were uh they were great people uh very like super kind treated us with like the utmost respect so it's it's pretty awesome Mm
1: -hmm.
2: it's always great when you kind of because people say never meet your heroes or whatever but i've actually found that most musicians that i look up to who i've met which isn't that many but it's a few turn out to be quite nice people
0: yeah i mean it's uh i've also luckily had that pretty much be the case as well so that you know I'm, i'm lucky i've I do feel like, you know, every time I meet somebody that I look up to or, you know, respect in like a certain way, especially in music, it's always kind of like a, man, I hope this this person's not a dick or, (laughs) you know, whatever. And then so far, you know, um, I I got a pretty good track record. So (laughs) knock on wood, let's, you know, try and keep that going.
2: So you've not uh, you've not had any bad experiences per se. You don't have to name anyone, of course, but
0: (laughs) no, no, no bad experiences yet. Everybody's been super, super cool. Really, really awesome. Super respectful. Very nice. Some of them are just my friends now, which is kind of weird. So I mean, you know, it's just really it's honestly like super surprising, but really cool.
2: And so, um, when when did you start playing music? And was it always guitar for you, or did you start on kind of more traditional instruments and then worked your way to the electric stuff?
0: So, uh, like back in the day, oddly enough, around around the time when I got that record, uh, I I ended up getting a guitar. My uncle gave me a guitar. Uh, my uncle's been playing for years, and he kind of gave me a guitar to try and get me into it, and. I you know I kind of I messed around with it and it was it was okay it didn't like click like super well um and then I ended up like being in band and playing saxophone mm. for like two or three years but then and, like during that time I don't know I I like it just I kind of really just wanted to play guitar and I I wasn't very good I'm still not that good but uh, you know i i i really just it wasn't it wasn't clicking and i i just remember like trying like stopping and starting like a bunch of times mm. and um probably in like like se- like late seventh grade or eighth grade it just kind of like i i got it mm. for, for lack of a better term it clicked and then you know i, I stopped playing saxophone and uh, pretty much, you know, just just started focusing more so on guitar. And then I, I started playing a lot. I started playing a lot in high school. I met uh, a couple of friends and we, you know, we started just like learning covers. And so we actually started playing like census fail covers right. and stuff like sophomore year of high school. And then, you know, two of us are still in another band today. So that's that's pretty crazy.
2: That is pretty crazy because I, I assume you're probably you're not far off my age. I would imagine I'm I'm 38. So I would imagine no, you're I'm, in your... yeah I'm
0: gonna be I'm I'm like 33. I'm gonna be 34 this year. So. Right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's cool that you've been in, you're still in a band with uh, with one of your high school buddies.
1: Two of them. Two of them two of Two of them, yeah. Because you're crazy. you're
2: in a couple of bands, right? It's not just Will Met. It's um. I'm trying to find my notes here. <laughs> I did look it yeah. up and write it down. Um, Action Adventure and Knockout Kids. So, which band is that with the uh with the high school buddies?
0: Uh, Action Adventure. Yeah, we've been doing it for. I mean, if that project is like ten years old, but we've been like the three of us have been playing together for uh just under eighteen years now. So it's mm pretty it's pretty crazy mm. <laughs> not normal <laughs> uh we're super lucky so that's pretty cool
2: and do all three bands kind of go out on tour or are some of them at different levels of uh of, of playing gigs
0: um so uh, there was a point in time where everyone was super active uh knockout kid is a lot of people there there were some babies that were had Mm. uh there were some marriages that had happened uh so it takes us a lot longer to do things now um but you know we still like have music coming and stuff so that's really cool mm. uh new music like later this year so like you know the two that are, that are most active for sure are action and uh, and our uh, definitely um i i literally was on tour with action from um, April 1st to May 29th of this year oh, wow. I was gone so okay wow. we came home and I came home for a week shot three Map music videos and then went back and finished the rest of the tour <laughs> and so yeah it's it's pretty busy but it's cool I like to I like to stay busy and it's, it's awesome I well, I always say that I get to play music with 12 of my best friends so it's pretty cool yeah, That's between all cool. three bands
2: and, and just around the U.S., or do you go into Canada or anything like that?
0: Uh, we usually do, like, U.S. and Canada. The April tour only had one Canada date, but the rest was, was a full U.S. Um, we've been to a few places in, like, eastern Canada, you know, which is pretty cool. Never been over to Europe or the U.K. or Asia yet, but hopefully... You know that'll happen next year. That'd be pretty cool.
2: Yeah, fingers crossed, man. Yeah, definitely. So, um, you said that your sorry. Did you say your father or your grandfather gave you the saxophone?
0: Uh, so that that was just kind of like a school thing. Um, oh, okay, I, but my uncle gave me a guitar.
2: Uncle, sorry. That's um, no, no worries. So yeah, when your uncle gave you the, I mean, is your family a musical family, or is this like a completely new thing for you guys? Like, was there anyone who was making music in the past?
0: Uh, it was, it was kind of. Um, mostly, my my uncle is is a musician. Mm-hmm. I think we're like the only two people who really kind of stuck with it. Like you know, through like just past like doing it in like school for like band or whatever
2: mm. okay and and what does he do i mean is he a guitarist as well
1: or
0: yeah he, he's a guitarist he plays a lot of like rb and funk and and uh and blues and stuff like that so uh not the same genre but <laughs> oddly kind of you know if you're if you think about it kind of similar things but hmm.
2: all developed uh... from the same kind of root area yeah I suppose. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So has it always been kind of pop punk and um and, and punk rock for you?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, in high school, you know, everybody goes through like that metal, metal core <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, you know, phase. Honestly, like most of the time what I what I listen to is more of like a metal core, uh like current metal core. I also listen to a lot of the same stuff that I listen to you know, when I was in high school. So mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's a lot of that going on, that whole nostalgia trip.
2: Well, I think on. music, especially when you find it at between the ages of like 13 and 18, something like that, I feel like that's when your brain is at its most plastic and like anything that you listen to at that age gets kind of imprinted in your brain and it's kind of in your DNA. You know, like your favorite yeah. bands will always be your favorite bands from that point in your life, because that's when it was still, could, you know, exciting.
0: I can see that. I could definitely see that. That's not to say that, like, there's not a lot of new, exciting music mm. coming out all the time, but the bands from, you know, from back then, they, they definitely are still, like you said, just kind of like stamped or imprinted into, you know into everything so i I find myself
2: listening to a lot of like bad religion anti-flag yeah 182 newfound glory you know all that kind of stuff is is like absolutely what i came up on basically (laughs) definitely and as much as i like to try and keep current about what's out there and stuff it's just always there's a few there's a few albums that i'll always go back to like empire strikes first by bad religion or you know, uh, Enema of the State by Blink-182 was the first one of their albums that I bought, and so it's always going to be my favourite.
0: <laughs> yeah, Enema was, was probably, like, record like, three or four that I that I bought.
2: Yeah, because I suppose that first Newfound Glory one was around about 1999-2000 as well, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and it was, like, all, all, all of that in that, so, like, found glory blink messed uh like (laughs) old good charlotte you know like all of all of that stuff yeah that era yeah so So were you seeing these
2: were you seeing these bands live as well like who was the first band that you saw live or one of the best bands that you've seen live anyway
0: yes i have seen all of those bands that i just said live i've seen blink play in like a 400 cap room wow 500 cap room back when, like, Take Off Your Pants and Jackie came out. Like, I, I saw them tour for that record, so that that was like super cool, especially like versus where they're at right now, you know, yeah. playing like literal stadiums and arenas and stuff. So, yeah, uh, so that you know, that's pretty cool. Um, but man, the first bit actually, one of the first like rock concerts I ever went to was uh, I saw Alien Ant Farm, and nice. I, yeah another like really good but also random that record.
2: people gave them shit but they were that first album was brilliant. I loved it.
0: It's so it's so good. it was so good. <laughs> I remember just like you know going to the show and being like, oh this is this is crazy. This is like really cool. I've been going to shows ever since and now I play a lot of shows <laughs> <I> <laughs> which thought- is pretty cool.
2: A hell of a lot. Yeah, yeah. So um when you said earlier on that guitar clicked for you at a certain point, was it when you were playing along to the other people's music or was it like a teacher made you, like something about their method clicked for you?
0: So I, th- I think that, like, I, I don't know, I was maybe weird or stubborn or something, but, like, lessons never worked. Like, I never really got past playing, like, the the Green Day songs that we went over and learned and uh so there's like no theory in here like I am just so bad at music theory and like because I'm you know 96% self-taught I have a lot of bad playing habits (laughs) (laughs) that as you know as an adult I now work very hard to try and unlearn and relearn which is really frustrating because I already know how to do certain mm-hmm. things a certain way but I want to be able to do it more efficiently okay. but uh it was mostly just like playing along and learning like other, other people's songs mm-hmm. I would say it was like the era of like of like just tabs being on the internet and like kids now are super lucky because they have YouTube. Like (laughs) I I was already playing when, you know, YouTube kind of exploded with like internet guitar players. Yeah. So I I didn't really have, uh, (laughs) I didn't really have the Tim Henson's of the word world (laughs) to, you know, teach me like hybrid and economy picking and and tapping and, and, you know, all that cool stuff. Cause that was Uh, the thing about
2: tabs, isn't it? Like you've got the tab and it's laid out because I I grew up with the same thing just tabs but it doesn't tell you how fast to play it and it doesn't necessarily teach you the intervals between the notes and so right. you're kind of like you're trying to play it and you're like I can't figure out how he's going from there to there and oh <laughs> but yeah if we'd had the video back in the early 2000s it would have been much easier
0: <laughs> man if I if I had YouTube guitarists to teach me how to play guitar then I would be. I feel like I would be a lot better at guitar than I am right now. Yeah. Like just straight up. I feel like I'd be a lot better than I am <laughs> right now.
2: No, but Definitely. I mean, it's it's the same story for me as well. I, I play bass in a few bands. And the only reason I play bass is because I didn't want to learn chords.
0: <laughs> uh, and- yeah, sometimes my... Uh, Sometimes my hand just doesn't want to do certain chords, <laughs> and it's uh, occasionally a struggle to unlearn those habits. Yeah, so that's it. That is that's... a that's a thing for sure. <laughs> that's a real thing.
2: Taking shortcuts doesn't always pay off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it it does not. It it did back in the day, and now I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> now I gotta like go back and you know learn things.
2: Especially when you start playing in bands with people who know their stuff and actually do know the theory, <laughs> it shows up your yeah. kind of like your short. Or even
0: just, or even just like people who play differently. Mm-hmm. Griffin and I are two completely different guitarists. Like we are, we just play very differently, which is really cool.
2: Griff, Griffin from Will Met, isn't it?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Griffin, Griffin, and I are very different, um, which is cool. Because we, you know, uh, a lot of times there will be like a Griffin will be like, "Hey, can you like put a lead on this or something or or whatever?" And, and it's cool because like there's, you know, little, you know, there's just little things all over the place. That's like that. Well, at least when I'm listening to it, it's like that's very Griffin, I, you know, or or that's like very me. So like you know, when other people listen to other people listen to it specifically by other bandmates when i show them songs they're like oh you wrote that part or oh, you did that that's not a griffin part you know so there, there's there's a lot of that but you know that being said griffin is like a machine and he writes very quickly and he writes in ways that my hands aren't used to playing mm-hmm. and so like it's literally like Whenever we I practice for shows, it's it's like straight up like a stamina thing, like trying to get my hand into these weird chord shapes sometimes and like stretching to make sure that it it works. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy sometimes.
2: Cause uh, I mean I, I'm also in three bands as well, some of them more active than others. And um I've always found that playing with different people makes you a more rounded player anyway. Like I've got better since playing with a bunch of other people in slightly different styles i mean how, how have you found that obviously there's a there's a bit of a a difference there with the wilmette guitarist but um how do you compartmentalize songs being written from one band to the other
0: uh, i feel like there's a lot of um the, the three bands kind of have different vibes to them mm. so it you know it all kind of depends like what riff is is what and then like i said specifically in Map, my job is a little easier because griffin writes so fast and it's all very good so a lot of times griffin will bring the majority of something and i'm like cool that's awesome let's go <laughs> this is great
2: you just add your flavor and, to it
0: yeah and then I, I i wrote like i wrote like all the bass on the last two records too so that was cool
2: all right, okay. Um, because are you you're the latest member of Will right?
0: No, actually, we do. We do also have a uh, a new basis now. We oh, were, okay. We, we operate as a four piece for pretty much since COVID and since I joined. But uh, we do have a basis now. Ben, he's awesome. So you know that's that's cool. But yeah, I guess I would I would have been the newest member joining back in 20 very early 2020 like right before covid and then covid hit
3: hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes she loves them
2: So you were just kind of bedding into this new band, and then all of a sudden, that was it for months, right? So did that yeah. af- did that kind of affect the way that you and the rest of the band kind of got to know each other?
0: No, so I actually like knew uh, this is this is, so like the history with the band in me is just such like a weird like interwoven thing. Uh, I'm I was like really good friends with Peyton, our old bassist, and they needed. Uh, okay, so so it's like I said, it's complicated. <laughs> so I was really good friends with Peyton, Guilmette's old bassist,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and for a little while, Action Adventure had a bassist named Alex, and. He joined Wilmet This was in like late 2018 to 2019. So me and, and Peyton shared a bandmate. Like Alex was in both bands. Uh, and then Alex ended up leaving both bands. And Griffin replaced Alex. And then like maybe nine months later, Gage, the other guitarist, was like you know he decided that he he needed to leave and Peyton was like, hey do you wanna do you want to play with us and I was like oh for sure that's cool and then that's how I joined Will Matt through Peyton and then through my old <laughs> bassist Alex it, it's it's like a real there's yeah. like there's steps we'll get there but it, you know it definitely took a second to get there.
2: Yeah, yeah. When you look back, it's all leading towards that point, but it's one of those kind of zigzagging routes.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely a winding road for sure. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, do um do all the bands kind of are, are they all from the same kind of city or area? Then.
0: I mean, yeah, we're all from Chicago or the Chicago land area. Um, I mean, Action is from the city. we mm. all we all live like in the city. We're met is pretty much from like the northwest suburbs so you know everybody's like 45 minutes out of the city and knockout kid everyone three of us are in the city one of us is in the western suburbs like 40 minutes just west not northwest and then our bassist brian lives in new york so wow, that, that wow. one's a little yeah that that one's a little uh interesting but you know brian's great he flies in whenever we need to do stuff and it's it's cool
2: Mm. and i suppose the um the advantage now is that you can do a lot of stuff remotely anyway so like you don't need True. to be there the whole time but
0: yeah any meetings or anything we're, we're good and then obviously he can practice on his own and then he'll like if we have a show or something he'll fly in and and uh to do it he'll, like we'll practice for like two days before the show with him like all of us will practice and then he'll practice and then he'll fly in a couple of days early and we'll normally have a practice that's like 5 hours long and we just like jam and work it out and like you know the chemistry's still there so we don't you know it's not like a huge disadvantage uh and then uh we're typically good enough for the show good <laughs> i say good enough because like it would be i will admit it would be cool it would be better if like we all lived here and we were able mm-hmm. to get together like every week and practice but it's it's cool
2: yeah and um what's the chicago kind of punk scene like because i've read through countless books of you know autobiographies and whatever and chicago always seemed to have quite a good kind of underground kind of basement punk scene is that still a thriving scene there
0: yeah i think our, our scene is is huge there's like a huge diy scene in the city which is really cool and then there's also just like a just like in general, like a really good local pop punk scene and like tons of, you know, other bands are like from here. There's, mm-hmm. you know, like there, there's just, there's literally so many and a lot, and it's weird because a lot of my friends are in like good bands that do things. And, and so we're, we're lucky to have such a such a good scene here. Um It's also like I will say, I feel like there's an oversaturation issue where mm. it's hard for bands to break out because there's so many good bands that it's like, there's no, it's, it's hard to be like the best local band when there are so many good local bands.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like any other city, you could stand out a little bit better. But I suppose maybe there's something to that. And that, uh, uh, there's a saying, isn't it? Like a rising tide uh, lifts all ships. So like, yeah. when you when you get out of Chicago, you're better than anyone else in any other city. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I never really thought about it like that, but I could I could see that. I mean, I positive. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I wouldn't say like straight up better, no, but <laughs> de- you know, definitely, you know, having to play as many shows here before you know starting to go out and tour and stuff like it it, you know it's just made it very it's an easier transition I could say
2: yeah yeah sure and so how challenging is organizing gigs around tours for example like you say you were just out doing a month and a half two months with one band you know is it all about you know trying to Come like I I assume no two bands are ever on tour at the same time.
0: (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean it. It literally, people are always like, "Well, you know, which band do you like more?" And I'm like, "That's (laughs) not a, I don't, I don't like any band more. Like, I'm obviously in them all because I like being in them, and you know, I like the people that I'm in them with a lot. Yeah, you know, it's really just like I want to." be able to hang out with my friends and and play as much music as possible so i did it three times instead of one time which (laughs) arguably sometimes people are like that's stupid but and you know i'm like whatever it's fine we make it work but you know that's not to say that it's not always a a challenge Mm. like you know i was gone for all of april and may and we had to shoot those videos because we had to you know, do this record rollout. So we had to shoot three videos in three days in a period of time when I was home. Mm-hmm. So honestly, if anything, it's it's made me appreciate my bandmates more because everyone is like really understanding and very flexible and really willing to work around my schedule with the other bands. I've flown home like on off days to play other shows with other bands and then flown back out the next morning and like rejoined the tour. So it's a very busy, like my schedule is very like Tetrisy. <laughs> you know? Um it's it's funny that you you actually say that because like we're you know, obviously we're gonna like well Matt's gonna wanna do like some t- some touring and stuff to support this record. Mm. And uh yesterday you know action announced that we're doing the the 10 year anniversary tour for the greatest generation with the wonder years right. so we're on that whole tour so that's like september 9th to october 22nd <laughs> so like so you know i'm gonna be gone for like seven weeks again at the you know in the fall so you know it's it's very like we are, are gonna do our best to like work everything around that you know do some shows in august and then do some shows in november there are a couple of off day blocks that are you know in the in the like like two day blocks that are you know off days in the in that one year's tour so you know maybe like if we have a a show at home or something like i'll fly home and like play that show and, and uh you know, then fly back out and stuff like that. We also have a really good friend, Eric, who, uh, you know, in a pinch, you know, if I can't be there, he's always willing to like fill in for me, which is awesome. Um, either me or Ben will play guitar and then Eric will fill in on bass. Like we have just kind of like a, a rotating thing. With, and, you know, again, like I said, the, you know, every. Everybody else in Womad is like super supportive and really understanding so
1: oh, that's
2: cool i mean it sounds like you're going to be a busy guy up until the end of the year basically
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i it's 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 definitely this is definitely the busiest year of my life for sure so
2: <laughs> and uh, I, you uh, know
0: i like to busy
2: yeah yeah well busy is better than not right
0: oh absolutely especially after COVID and not being able to play shows.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, is, um is music the thing that you do full time or do you have like a, you know, a part-time side hustle thing as well?
0: So, you know, I, I do like a regular job, uh, which is, which is really cool. Cause I, you know, I work remote. We, uh, because we work remote, I'm able to work when I'm on tour still. So blessing and a curse uh definitely a blessing and a curse because i get up and you know i'll probably work at like somewhere between eight and Mm ten so that i can get off of work at like sometime between four and six be ready for load in you know load in sound check hang out for the rest of the day do some of the overnight drive get like four or five hours sleep wake up do it again the next day so you know it's it's really cool that i'm able that my job like understands and they're also supportive and everything and that's like super cool but also it's it's a lot being on tour you know and and literally doing two full-time jobs simultaneously Mm -hmm. so it's you know it, it, it it can be a lot sometimes but uh you know it's again it's one of those things where like it's worth it
2: yeah i mean i i had a taste of that i did my first ever tour of europe back in november and i work freelance and remotely anyway so i i've i've had a i've had my first case of that fitting in work wherever you can while you're on the road at the mercy of spotty eastern european (laughs) wi-fi which is uh interesting
0: we have have, like you know a mobile hotspot that we just just, like have because honestly in action like four of us are able to work remote while we're on tour okay so there's a lot of uh uh, drives where it's just like us working So, so it's just like keyboards clicking and whatnot
2: it's not not rock and roll excess it's work it's going on
0: <laughs> yeah but then you know then at night we we can hang out and stuff so like that's cool but yeah it's a lot of during the day you know during normal business hours it's a lot of actual just regular work stuff
2: <laughs> but this is the price we pay right
0: yeah i mean like i said all of our jobs let us do that it's really cool yeah it's you know, a good uh, and, uh, good like, situation to be in oh absolutely cuz not everybody is you know in that situation so it's definitely one of the blessings that i count for sure like it is it is a huge aspect of my life that you know i i need i like literally need that so that's it's it's pretty cool
1: mm-hmm.
2: So let's talk about the album then, Hyper Focused, because up until this point, Met has released like three EPs and a couple of singles, something like that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been a few EPs. And so this one, this this record is really cool. And, you know, we're really excited for it because it's going to be great. I'm like really pumped. August 4th cannot come soon enough. I really can't wait for everyone to hear what, you know, what we worked on it's a little different, but it's also very well met at the same time.
2: Yeah. Cause as we're, as we're talking now at the beginning of June, I think I'm going to probably put this out at the beginning of August. So it kind of coincides with the album release. But okay. As we're talking now, there's two songs that are out at the moment, obviously the title track and also another track called playing dead. And yeah, like they will definitely has a sound and it's somewhere between kind of pop punk and post hardcore would you say or screamo whatever uh you know there, uh, yeah I would
0: I would definitely say actual post hardcore mm-hmm. and pop punk is definitely kind of you yeah. know where we reside Th- this record as, as you know especially from what you can hear mm-hmm. in the in the first two songs it's like there's still, like, heavy elements to it, you know? It gets kind of heavy, heavy-ish at times. Mm. Um, but there's no, like, just straight-up breakdowns on this record.
2: Right, okay. Because I was going to say, like, the first two singles are more of the kind of on the melodic side of things. I was going to say, you know, is, there, yeah. is that a, a, a kind of conscious movement in that direction?
0: I think that uh, when it was being written, there was... There's a lot there's actually a bunch of B sides for this record. And I remember like having a conversation with Griffin and it kind of being like, well, we don't want to like lose the edge, but like we definitely wanna give Aaron more freedom to just kind of shine because Aaron is a is actually like a really good vocalist. So we you know, we just kinda of, I know that like when when things were being written, like that was that was very was a very prevalent thought. Mm. So, you know, I think that, you know, if there are just little pockets of it being still, you know, heavy and still like very well y and it, I would say that like this record is very like dry, like very driving. There's all the songs have a lot of like forward momentum to them. So like once the song starts, like it really kind of like pushes forward and like towards the end of the song, which is kind of cool i don't think that any of them feel very long um like if you look at some of the old songs like winter stay for example song is like four minutes long i love that song i was not a part of that song you know that was like before my time but it's long and like there are times where i'm like oh there's still more parts of the song. <laughs> you know, like like I realize I realize it as I'm listening to it or as we're playing it. I'm like, oh shit, we're only like halfway through the song right now. <laughs> that typically does not happen with these with these new songs. And that, you know, that's not a dig at win or say or anything. Like mm. I, I do genuinely love that song. It's awesome. And it's super fun to play. But it's it is just something where I feel like all of these songs are very cohesive and all like I said, all of these songs are a little bit they just kind of drive and there's not there's not really any stops in the momentum of the song and i think that's something that's really cool that you know was able to happen in the during the writing process
1: mm.
2: it was something i was talking about with another one of my guests recently was um Metallica's new album 72 seasons has got you know i mean it's it's like 10 tracks but it's 77 minutes long because they're all about six, seven minutes long each. And, uh, you know, I'm all for experimentation and, and kind of putting lots of things in there, but I just feel like sometimes, sometimes, not every song needs to be that long, and not every song needs to have so many technical bits in there. Sometimes you can be just punchy and tight, you know?
0: Yeah. I would say that specifically, like, in pop punk, coming in right under three minutes or just about three minutes is probably the sweet spot just kind of being able to get in get out do what you got to do everyone's attention span is, is a lot lower now because of you know like tiktok and and you know social media and stuff and so it's definitely something where it's just kind of like you want to put as much in there as possible without completely overstimulating or overloading you know, the listener, but you want to keep their attention. So you definitely want interesting parts of the song, but then you also want something repetitive and infectious so that, like, it's stuck in their head. It's it's very, it's not just like, oh, I wrote a song with a bunch of cool parts anymore. You know, it's a lot of, like, a lot of that thought goes into it. So you really want to, you know, make sure that, you're writing for you and that you like it, but then you also want to make sure that like it doesn't suck. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and like you're not just you're not just biased, you know? Yeah. So
2: so is that that's a genuine thought process that's going on in your head. It's like you're thinking about the streaming audiences as well.
0: Um not like that's it's not like an afterthought, but it's not it's not the the priority either mm. it's you just know, some, it's I, just I would, in
2: there somewhere
0: it's just yeah it's just kind of in there like you it's something that like i would be remiss if like you know it wasn't something that we thought about or it wasn't something that was like prevalent and it's it's definitely something that is that is relevant and it, ha- it has a place in the thought process but it's not the most important thing because at the end of the day you know you gotta write songs that you like and that you want to play and that you have fun playing and you just gotta hope other people like it
2: yeah and i mean i don't see anything in particular wrong with writing too you know, not the algorithm, but like writing with streaming in mind, because that is where the majority of people listen to their stuff now. And yeah, if you don't get them hooked with that kind of punchy hook or chorus straight away, then they are going to skip past it. And I suppose really the live arena possibly is where you can do the slightly longer versions of these songs or, you know, do do kind of in, uh, different arrangements of them, should I say.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, in live you can like add things or you can like rearrange things or do cool stuff, and that's that's always fun. I always like when when bands do stuff like that, and it's the like the most. The, there's one that I talk about all the time with people, and like Florida Strong is one of my favorite bands. And you know, in like 2011, they put out in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Not everyone likes that record. I I like that. Was it eleven? No, it was like two thousand. It was like twenty thirteen or fourteen, maybe. Twenty thirteen or fourteen.
2: Almost everything before the pandemic feels like it all happened. Yeah, like everything. <laughs>
0: well, you know, it's nice to say not everybody likes it in some way, shape, or form. I actually like it a lot. I mm-hmm. think it's really cool. They tried some new stuff, and it's got some really killer killer tracks on it but the song stuck in the middle is like one of the only ones they play live regularly off that record and like there's like a a real like quick little like breakdown section in the middle of the song
1: Mm.
0: and live they do it again at the end of the song right and it's really cool and i always wish that they did it again at the end of the (laughs) song in the recording so every time they play it i'm like yeah 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 Like, like we're gonna hear it again this is awesome Um so doing stuff like that is cool. Yeah. And you know, that's that's you know, making little changes and stuff, it's cool. And then like when people come up and say, you know, say stuff like, oh, you know, you changed this, like that was really cool or whatever, it's like, oh, okay, nice. Somebody caught it. Like Yeah, yeah.
2: It's nice to hear that from it means that they listen to it enough to know the songs first off, and then they've noticed the little differences that you've put in there. That's really cool. But I suppose as well, that's the thing that like separates you know the the listening at home thing or on your phone or whatever to actually being there in the room experiencing it live with you guys as well like it's an extra little kind of bonus if you like
0: yeah i mean yeah it's definitely definitely different for sure
2: and so hyper focus was produced by seth henderson right of state champs and knuckle puck so like is yes
0: it... and real friends
2: right yeah yeah i mean are those bands that you guys kind of listened to before you met them anyway like were, were those you know were those bands kind of inspirations in a way or
0: yeah I mean you know being from where and Real Friends are from you know and like seeing them play a bunch of local shows back in the day before they kind of blew up you know definitely influenced the decision a little bit to go to South for sure you know and it's cool because you know Like, we know Seth sounds good. We know he's going to make us sound good. So, yeah, you know, I definitely think that it, it, you know, influenced the decision a little bit. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's really important to not just go to a studio because because somebody else recorded there or because, you know, somebody you like is the, you know, producer recording engineer. Like, you got to also think about, like, the project and, like, what is like is it does it make sense for the project Hmm. so one thing that's pretty cool about Seth is like he's very good at like vocal production like helping kind of suss out like uh, you know like little vocal melodies and like you know maybe just like oh let's rearrange this or let's do that like he's he definitely helps and he has a very good ear for stuff like that he's got really good suggestions when it comes to like you know, doing harmonies for a certain part or something like that. So it's pretty helpful in in terms of, of of doing stuff like that.
2: And so I suppose the the other thing that you get from kind of working with people like Seth is possibly ways of, of doing things that you wouldn't other, otherwise have thought to do. I mean, how was it working for him? Did you kind of learn anything from him or any kind of technical
0: things? Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, I I feel like every time, and honestly, at this point, all three bands have recorded with Seth, and it's uh, something that is is pretty cool because, like, now I I know his his workflow, and also, I mean, you know, conversely, he knows he knows my workflow as well, and he knows how to he knows how to extract the best takes out of me, whether it's you know, trying to get me to prove to him that I can do it or, you know, whether it's like positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, what, you know, whatever I need at the time, like he's very good at getting the best out of us mm. in general. And so that's, that's something that's important. And that's something that's, uh, you know, pretty invaluable in that relationship there.
2: Mm. I think that's the main thing for a producer from my limited kind of working with with people who do producing full-time it's like they're not there just to press record or set up the mics or whatever they're there to try and see something that you as a band might not be able to see in your performance anyway and try and bring that out of you for a better final product
0: right and that's that's the difference between a recording engineer and a producer yeah Like, like A recording engineer, you know, they have all the technical knowledge. They're just there to, you know, literally make sure the takes are good, and just kind of, you know, press record. You know, in terms of, of, you know, being a producer, like a lot of a lot of people, um, a lot of producers are also recording engineers, but not all recording engineers our producers that's the best way to put it
2: (laughs) absolutely and so was there um there's going to be 10 tracks on the album hyper focus was there was it always going to be 10 tracks or was it these 10 tracks are the ones that hang together that have got the best ideas in them what was the process there
0: uh yeah i definitely think that these 10 are the best that fit together they're the most cohesive they're the ones that we felt are the best representation of where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are definitely the ones that, you know, we were most excited to share. Like I said, there's a there's a good amount of, of B-sides and other songs that are just, you know, didn't make the cut, mm-hmm. that we didn't, like, finish, like, hashing or fleshing out. But, you know, that's that's kind of how it always is, and you know i'm sure some of them will you know get reworked into other things or some of them will be cannibalized and we'll take riffs or chord progressions from those and you know turn them into completely new songs or maybe some of them will just finish writing and we'll you know release later or something like it's it's always it's always like a a very fluid situation when it comes to writing a record It's, it's very rarely like all right, well, this is the record. These are the exact 10 songs that we wrote when we thought of this record. And that's all we got. You know, it's, it's almost never like that.
2: Yeah. And there's always, I always think that in any kind of, any, any song that you write, there's always at least one thing that if, it, if the whole song doesn't work, there'll be a riff or there'll be um, a set of lyrics or uh, even a vocal melody that can be used elsewhere. There's always something yeah. that you can uh, take yeah. away. It's never a... Uh, Never a lost endeavor, should we say?
0: Yeah, there's always there's usually always something good in in there's always at least one thing that's good in everything.
2: So um how long did the album take to uh to record and where did you record it?
0: So we recorded it at Always Be Genius Seth's studio in uh Crown Point, Indiana. Uh we recorded it in about two and a half weeks. So like we don't typically record on weekends so it was like i think like 15 days of or like 15 or 16 days
1: Hmm.
0: of of tracking and uh yeah i mean it was it was nice we got we we got a lot of it done griffin is also a producer slash recording engineer so we were able to do a lot of really good pre-production with him so you know a lot of it was instrumentally like taken care of and kind of fleshed out and you know we just kind of went in there and messed around with some ideas and kind of you know again fleshed things out a little bit more than they were before but for the most part you know we went in kind of knowing which songs we liked the best Mm -hmm. and then just kind of talked and drew out like a plan and a map. And then, you know, we just, this is, you know, hyper-focus is what we came out the other end with.
2: And um, do you prefer playing live or recording, or is it just different levels of interest in both? Because I know some people just prefer playing live. They hate recording and the other way around.
0: Yeah, they're both very different. Uh, they're different animals completely. Mm-hmm. One thing I love about recording is that I can dial in exactly the perfect tone that I want for the for the part. And then, like, you know, there's something really cool about recording all the individual parts and then, like, you know, that first listen through of the entire song where, like, it's really kind of, um, you know, even, even like pre-mixing, like, just that first rough mix of it where everything is, like, oh, uh, this is cool, like, it, it sounds like it did in my head, or yeah. this is cool, its it doesn't sound like it did in my head, it sounds better, mm-hmm. or just different, you know? So that's great. But then there's also, you know, playing live is, is crazy because it's an experience that you're sharing with these four other people, or three other people, depending, and you have to be very locked in. It's a very symbiotic relationship. Hmm. and there's a lot of natural chemistry that has to be there and when it works it's pretty incredible there could be parts that are you know harder to play and you know you practice and practice and practice and and then you know you're playing it during the set and you nail it and you're just like amped and you're like yeah you know like we did that like it's 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 cool it's really cool so
2: there is like this flow state that you can get into sometimes and the whole band can almost like focus in or like tune into a frequency with each other. I feel like, and it's like, when everyone's operating on the same level, it's almost like you can't play a wrong note, even if things are not going, you know, to, to plan, which they invariably don't always go to plan live. Almost uh, live. They <laughs> almost never go
0: to plan live. They almost never go to plan live. Never. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of times it's cool because like even if somebody plays like a, an off note or something. Uh, you know, something that I always I say a lot is you know, oh, man, I you know, I, I fucked up during whatever, but then it's okay cuz I fucked up in time. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, a lot of people might not re- realize that there was a mistake or Maybe they'll just say, oh, that was a creative liberty. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I wanted <laughs> to do at that point in time. And that's that's it, for sure. I'm going to we'll remember go, we'll creative. Go with that
2: one. Yeah, I'm going to remember yeah, that. We'll go, we'll,
0: go, we'll go with that one, for sure.
2: <laughs> that's great. Because uh, one of the things that I've, over the last few years, I've started to hone in on is like, as much as I know what I should have been playing in that moment, not a lot of other people else there do. Like they they don't necessarily know and and like you say as long as you're kind of in time and you can you don't even have to style it out all that well like people are much more forgiving in the live space than well, you know uh, than I am to myself there, let's put it that
0: there way will, there will be times where I will listen to something that was recorded and I'm like oh my god that's a bad take I got to redo it but if in the moment listening to it it sounded fine and you don't really you know like recording is it's very uh it really shows all your inadequacies (laughs) like it's 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 ruthless but you know playing live like it's just kind of like you're in the moment you're going through it and it's just like get to the next part get to the next part Mm. and it's like that to watch the show and, and stuff too so most of the time mistakes are totally passable
2: and uh, I mean, you know, playing live as much as you do. I mean, are there any specific gigs that stick in your head as as particularly memorable? Like maybe it was the venue itself, maybe it was the crowd, maybe it was technical malfunctions. You know,
0: um, yeah, probably one of the best and most fun gigs I I played was a was our first show after COVID, and I think it was it was just because it was just so important Mm. to us as a band it was actually cool i did double duty i played two sets that night action adventure also played that show it was uh it was it was real friends action adventure will met and then a band called muted color and it was at home and it was sold out and it was at a like a 750 cap venue so it was like you know 750 kids there and you know just the crowd reaction for everyone everyone was just so pumped to have music back, everyone was so excited to, you know, hear these, you know, all the band songs live, and, you know, honestly, I I played two really good sets, and I was, I, like, remember, I was, like, wow, like, I'm pretty excited right now, I remember getting through the Will Matt set, and I was, like, all right, I got through that one, that was really fun, I'm tired, but, like, let's get through this next one, and then we got through that, and I was like, this is great. I just played two really relatively clean sets, especially for not having played a show in you know almost two years. And uh it was like, you know, it was just a big, it was a big moment. It was it was a really important moment for us as a band as well. Cause I mm. think it was only like the third time I'd ever played a show with Womet because of,
2: right, of course, yeah.
0: The circumstances, you know. <laughs> And so it was, you know, it was a big, it was a big deal for us. And like, that was really cool. There was the moment where, at least for me, I was like, cool, this works. Mm. Like we work as a unit. This is very good, you know, So we can write all we want. We can hang out and be friends and stuff all we want. But, you know, it's a whole different thing getting up on stage mm. and actually like do it, doing it.
2: Have you noticed a change in audiences since COVID from before? I feel like for a little while, like directly after COVID, there was a lot of fervor. And then for a bit, audiences went a bit kind of almost lack of attention. Like they'd they'd pay attention for the first couple of songs and then it seemed like people would drift off a little bit. And now it feels like everyone... Has kind of got on board with it again, especially like around the areas that I play. Anyway, it seems like there's a better scene now because people remember what it was like not to be able to go out. I guess.
0: I, I you know I could definitely see that. I think that it also is uh, that attention span thing. You got to keep their attention live. You got to perform. It's not just like standing up there and playing the song. Like you have to perform. You have to be interesting to watch and so you know that's a that's a whole thing that there's a whole other aspect to the you know the live show mm. that people don't always think about
2: yeah i mean is that something that your band's think about that in in like rehearsals and stuff
0: yeah definitely it's something that has been more on my mind recently production is is a very important part of the performance so mm. you know just getting getting like those transitions in between songs down Like making sure Like the banter makes sense So you know your vocalist Is talking to the crowd and making sure That it's like That the banter hits you yeah. know making sure That it's it's good mm. And that it's you know it's not just You rambling for X amount of time For no reason you know that's all important And that's, that's something that gets Brought up for sure
2: Yeah I know I've been Cause I, I sing and play bass at the same time in one band. And then I do, I just play bass in a couple of others and do backup vocals. But I have also been guilty of rambling for no reason during, so between songs and uh, not having a point. It's something that I'm working on at the moment is just like trying to be like, right. What do I need to say? What do I have? Like, is there anything I should be saying or should I just get on with the song? Like, <laughs>
0: I mean, you know it. It definitely, it definitely happens to the best of of, of us. So I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a learned thing. I mean, every time like we go on tour, there's a, it's a learning curve for the banter every night for the set. You know, and then after a couple of shows, you know, everything locks in, and you know, you just get into a rhythm, and then like you know, by the end of it, you're just like, yeah, you know, you know exactly what it is there are certain cues you know exactly when to start the song you know exactly you know yeah so it's you know it's it's uh it all just it all just depends mm.
2: and does it depend on the you know the audience that's out there as well because there's some big bands that you've you've uh, you've supported do you tune the performance or the between song banter is there is it kind of toned down or toned up like what what do you do in those situations
0: yeah, I mean, I think that you have to know kind of the demographic of the of the show that you're playing, and then you, you just want to make sure that you, you know, are saying things that are going to hit with them. So, you know, it depends, like, if we're playing with, with real friends, there's a lot of people a little younger than me mm-hmm. that would listen to it, but not, like, too much younger, um, and a lot of people my age. So a lot of stuff would be things that I would talk about with people, you know, in my, you know, age range, playing with Newfound Glory, everyone is my age or a little bit older. So, you know, I can make jokes about being an old guy now or <laughs> feeling older or whatever. And I mean I'm not I don't feel like I'm that old. But yeah, like right. you know, like being being an older guy in the scene and like you know, oh I remember when whatever, blah blah blah. Like stuff like that so
2: being able to mosh before my knees gave out that kind of thing
0: <laughs> yeah that's a real thing
1: that's a real thing
2: <laughs> so what's on the agenda then for the rest of the year for will met for example obviously you've got to juggle your tours with your other bands so what what's the plan is it obviously your album comes out august the 4th and then yes. what
0: uh after that you know we're trying to you know get some get like a nice uh, album release show going at home uh we're also trying to get some tours and stuff going there's some stuff in the works for sure that I, you know can't really talk about too much yet but there's definitely you know some things in the works that we're working on I mean we got two more music videos coming out before the record comes out which is pretty cool so you know just a lot of the regular kind of run-of-the-mill stuff but we, you know we're definitely you know, trying to get out there and, you know, get at least one run in before the end of the year just to have everything, to to be able to support the record.
1: Mm. And,
0: you know, we'll have, like, I mean, technically, they have four months. I have <laughs> the month of August and, you know, A <laughs> November bit of and December. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, you know we'll we'll make it work and uh you know it's like i said it's it's a little tetris but it's definitely getting sorted and we're working on it
1: mm.
2: and um i suppose the the last thing obviously where can we find Met online we'll do the uh the social links and all that now where where can we find you online
0: yeah i mean we're we're on everything spotify apple music title you know literally wherever you like youtube music youtube any anywhere that you can listen to any other band you can find us there we're very very accessible very easy to find we're also on instagram we you know we're on twitter we don't really tweet that much which we should probably start doing a little bit more but we honestly we've spent a lot of time like working on this record and you know now that it's starting to roll out we can kind of do the go back to normal being ridiculous on the internet kind of <laughs> life Yeah, instead of just like you know writing and making sure that like everything is is getting done but uh yeah i mean we're we're pretty much ever we're all social media all streaming platforms if it's if it's out there and it's a major platform we're we're on it
1: that's
2: <laughs> play, and um finally like what are you listening to right now like are there any bands that you can point out from your local scene that you know we should be listening to and possibly people to look out for in the future
0: oh from the local scene maybe okay uh for sure yeah i you know there's a lot of bands locally that are doing some pretty cool things there's this band in the DIY scene called Scarlet Demore. They they don't have a lot of music on streaming right now, but their their shows are just their shows look like they're going crazy and they're really really cool. There's Fluorescence and Four Stars are two other bands that are doing you know pretty pretty big things. I just went to uh, they they just played a show together last weekend at a venue in Cobra Lounge and it was, it was packed it was awesome so you know that's that's really cool uh, another band is Highwire they've got a show this weekend coming up which I'm pretty excited to go to and I mean they're doing great things they released two EPs that are like halves of a whole LP mm-hmm. uh, over kind of COVID time. so like 21 and 22 I think they released them in and, and you know it's a great record, or two great records, I guess. Uh, it's fantastic! Our, our scene is really doing some pretty pretty cool things. There's also other bands like Milwaukee is not super far away from us, so there's a lot of cool stuff going on up in Milwaukee. Uh, and a band called Honey Creek from up there is is great. They're you know really close friends of mine, and uh, they're doing just awesome stuff. They've been rolling out singles. They rolled out a single earlier this year. They have another single coming out like in a couple of weeks. It's pretty cool. So it's a lot of a lot of cool stuff going on in in like the you know northern Midwest mm. area, the Chicago and Milwaukee scenes. Lots of cool things.
2: I've always heard good things about that area of the world. So it's always good to get someone's point of view who's from there. You know.
0: Yeah, music wise, it's it's, it's great our weather kind
2: of sucks. So you're talking to to a British person. It's fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's cold. It's cold and raining there most of the time too. (laughs) Although both of us,
2: both of us are bathed in sunlight at the moment. So that's a good thing.
0: It is. It is. uh, It's rare, but it's it's, it's good. (laughs) I'm I'm digging it.
2: (laughs) Well, Brompton, thank you so much. I'll let you get out and actually enjoy that sunshine in that case. Thank you so much for coming on, man. It's, uh, it's been a real blast getting to know you and, uh, and hearing about the record-making process and the touring life as
0: well. Yeah, for sure. No problem. Thanks for having me.
2: There you go. What a lovely guy Brompton is. I hope you enjoyed listening to that chat as much as I did having it. We stayed on the call for a little bit afterwards as well, which is always a great sign that we got on and wanted the conversation to continue. Again, you can follow Wilmet on all the social platforms at WilmetBand and you can listen to or watch them wherever you get your music. The album's out now, so what are you waiting for? Go and check it out. Thank you very much for listening, especially to the hardcore among you who listen all the way to the end. Please do share this show with people and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. But more than anything else, look after yourselves. See you next time. you for listening to this episode of band biographies if you enjoyed it please don't forget to leave a five-star review on apple podcasts or whatever service you use to listen to your podcasts please do reach out on twitter at bandbiogs, instagram at band biographies search on facebook for band biographies or by emailing band at gmail.com see you next time